Hello and welcome to this special bonus episode of The Dairy Edge. Chagas are running a weekly Let's Talk Dairy webinar series, which is also being made available as a podcast. On this week's webinar, James Dunn speaks to vet Willie Buckley about factors influencing decisions around dry cow therapy. And Fanola McCoy from AHI explains the help available to farmers to plan for dry off. These are all very welcome to this week's uh, webinar. Uh, my name's James Dunn and I'm covering for Stuart who was unavailable this week. Um, the topic I suppose for discussion today is around selective dry cow therapy um, the tacit consultations and I'm joined by two excellent panellists. Um, I have Fanola McCoy from Animal Health Ireland who is the programme manager with uh, the CellCheck programme and Willie Buckley who's a veterinary surgeon in Bandon, um, County Cork and is also a technical member of the CellCheck working group. So I suppose to get started, maybe to come to you first, Fanola, um, I suppose, why are we having this conversation and, and, and the importance maybe just to set the scene? Thanks, James, and good morning, everybody. Um, I suppose the, the reality is we're all, we're all well aware of the challenge of antimicrobial resistance or antibiotic resistance, and that's when a bacteria that was once susceptible to a particular antibiotic just doesn't, it doesn't kill it anymore. And we're seeing it, unfortunately, some of us have personal experience of this in, in human health. Um, but we probably at this stage all have some connection or have had some experience of it, whether it's ourselves or a family member or somebody that we know that has had a problem with, with a resistant bug. But it also happens in the animal world. And the two are so closely connected, animal health and, and human health. And what we do within you know, within both sectors interact and have an impact on each other. We know that the more antibiotic we use, the more we drive resistance and the more that we push towards resistance. So it's really important that we start to rethink and, and reconsider how we use antibiotics, both, as I said, in the animal and in the human sector. And I suppose our role and our opportunity is to look at our, what we call our stewardship or how we, how we responsibly use antibiotics, particularly in the animal sector. Um, and I know Willie's going to, going to talk us through a particular time of year or you know kind of a particular season when that's really relevant and that's in relation to, to drying off because again as we know traditionally many of us have many farms have used blanket dry cow therapy it has been part of the age-old five-point plan for a long time it's been a recommendation but we know now that things are changing it's no longer the the, the recommendation for control and it's also no longer i suppose acceptable or an acceptable practice okay thanks very much Manola. so maybe to jump to you willie in terms of um, and, and to jump straight into the, practica the practicalities of it, I suppose, in terms of the consultations and, and just maybe take us through when, wh what are the key criteria in terms of when you're going on farm um, to have a consultation with the farmer, I suppose, maybe take us through some of the key steps. Uh, thanks, James. Um, so look, I'm going to focus on selective dry cow therapy and what's, what, what people are going to have to do for the next, for, from this point on. Well, with the legislation change that's coming up in the end of January next year, we will no longer be able to use antibiotics in cows to prevent infection. We will only be allowed, our vets will only be allowed to prescribe antibiotics when they know there's an infection in a cow. So previously, as Fanola said, blanket dry cow antibiotic therapy, every cow in the herd got antibiotics at the end of the year and Okay, if you look at the records, maybe 60, 70% of those codes didn't need antibiotics. There was no sign of infection. They had no infection. 
And the, um, the biggest value for antibiotics in the dry coat period is killing the infection that's inside there. Like it has a small role in preventing infections uh, from establishing itself maybe during the dry coat period or during the drying off. But um, its main role was to kill existing infections. So the, the reason behind all of this is if there's no infections there, why are we pouring antibiotics into coats? And that is, that is the crucial point behind this. And, and because of the, the regulations coming through the EU, we will not be allowed to use antibiotics in a prevented any fashion from this point, from, from February next year. So look, there's farmers doing this for four, five, six years. And what they're doing is with the, with, oh, sorry about that. I must get that phone then. Um, with, Sorry. Um, so what they've been doing is they've been uh, take, getting accurate records, however they want to do it, but obviously milk recording is the best way, accurate records of the infection status of their cows throughout the year. And previously, previously for the last two or three years, when we do these selective dry coat therapy visits, we are seeing if a cow had a clinical case of mastitis um, or she had any evidence of high cell count in the, in the previous lactation, we would say we'll give her antibiotics and that'll help make sure that there's no infection hang, uh, hanging over. We can't even do that anymore. From this point, uh, from next dry period on, say 2022, we, we will have to decide which cows are to get antibiotics rather than the ones that are not to get antibiotics. So in these, uh, when you're using selective dry cow therapy, uh, you have to use sealers, lads. Everybody is using sealers, I presume at this stage, you have to use sealers. Sealers are a great help to prevent infection um, after drying off, during the dry cold period, and especially during uh, the bagging up and calving, because that's when the cold was under the most pressure. So when we go out, uh, when we do these dry cold consults, okay, we, what we like to do is uh, we go out and we like the farmer to have three or four cows there so we can have a look and see how he does his dry, drying off procedure. Because what you do with the drying off is the critical uh, what do they call it, the critical control point or the HACCP, as they'd say, in food business. That is the most critical point in any part of the drying off procedure. You have to be absolutely surgical when you're doing the drying off. If you're very, very clean at doing your drying off, the chances of you putting infection in there is minimal. So if you have a clean cold that has no evidence of any infection and you're not getting antibiotics from her, because you, unless you can prove she's infected in, uh, next year, uh, close to when you're drying off, you're not going to get an antibiotic for her. So she's clean going into drying off. You make sure you put no bugs inside her at drying off. And then you put your, which means you have to be surgical about your um, cleaning down your teats, putting in your sealer and placement of your sealer and what you do with the cows after. And then, uh, so, and after that, then she doesn't need antibiotics. She will, if the sealer is working, the, to be honest, there's a natural keratin plug in most cows anyway. So the sealer is just trying to bolster that. So the cow plugs herself anyway with a little plug of mucus and the sealer is just above that on the teeth. So we're just kind of doubling up. It's a belt and braces job on the cow's natural sealing ability. So if we can seal the cow and have no bacteria in there and then hoes are right and cover down in good conditions, she has, no, she has no need for antibiotics. But the crucial thing in all of this is the environment at, at drying off and the environment in the dry co-host and the environment at calving. That is, that's the absolute crucial thing, James.
is there, Willie, I suppose, is there, and, and look, I should have said, um, folks, to, to the viewers, please get your questions in. I suppose you have an opportunity to ask both Willie and Finola questions, so um, do, do type them into the chat box. Um, is there criteria, I suppose, Willie, in terms of or what criteria, um, in terms of when you're looking at, we'll say, milk recording reports, um, what are the criteria in terms of for you to even consider a herd suitable from that point of view, um, prior to any consultation, I suppose, for um, for selective dry cow therapy? Yeah, I suppose, James, things are going to change. From Say for this year now, there's a TASA there, which is a European-funded uh, um, assessment, and advi free advice where a vet comes out, your vet goes out and has a sit-down with you and looks at you drying off the cows, then talks you through your drying off procedure, talks you through the records that you have available to you, and then gives you advice and recommendations on what to do next year but so for this year um you have to be your bull tank has to be consistently the average bull can consistently under 200 for the for the 12 months you need four milk recordings as a minimum and you need to be a herd plus member before you qualify and you you can go through you know, I go through it in a minute you can apply through the animal health ireland website to get this tasa but like what uh, what we do uh, when we go out, like say the analysis of the records, you're saying what cows are you saying? Are you going? Am I going to be able to prescribe antibiotics for? Is it for next year? Even for herd level, is there is there is there any other criteria in terms of record keeping, Willie, that that farmers should be keeping or that you need to have on hand? I suppose before you can before you can consider a herd for for selective. It, it actually it's working the other way around now James we will not be able to give antibiotics unless you have records to, to base it on so it, it, previously up to now um, it was the other way around but from next year if you're not milk recording and you haven't got an, enough milk recording to, be able to show and you don't have clinical records to show that your cows are infected and you can't show that your cows are infected we can't give you we cannot prescribe legally prescribe you the antibiotics so let's say Let's say for the last two years I've been doing these and I'm going out to farmers and they'll say, oh, why don't you try 10% of your cows with no antibiotics? Okay, and they use teeth sealer only, be absolutely hygienic. We go back out and look at the records then. So those cows that have no evidence of infection throughout the year, we go back then at the, at the we come back again the following year and see those cows that got teeth sealer only, did their cell count rise, uh, you know, from compared from the last milk recording, last lactation to the first milk recording, the next lactation? And if it didn't, you know, there was no need for antibiotics and there was, you know, that it teeth sealer only worked. And it also gives a great indication of how much infection and what your dry co-housing is like and what your calving is like and what your first 30 to 60 days of milking is like. If you're getting, if your coast dries off low and stays low to the first milk recording, that's a great thing, okay? But now what's going to happen, James, is unless you have milk records, I can't prescribe an antibiotic for you. So you have to be milk recording and have a milk recording close to drying off, and you're going to have multiple milk recordings. So let's say if a cow had a high cell count in June, okay? No, we all know what happens when you get a high cell count. Some people will chase that cow with a paddle and see can they find a quarter that the cell count is high in. And if they find that quite uh, quarter, they will treat that quarter and cure that infection as early as possible. Okay, other fellas might miss the high cow on the milk report that comes through, and she might self cure. She might cure herself, and there might be no evidence of any high cell count after. And other cows then will continue on with infection. So what's coming down the line now is we're going to need milk recording 
and you will probably get away with maybe six, six. You won't get away with four milk recordings a year because I'll explain in a minute. You'll have to do seven, at minimum seven milk recordings, and you want to be packing them at the start of the year and the, and the end of the year because the sooner you find an infection in a cow, the better chance you have of curing her. So you need to find these infections as soon as possible. Now, if they don't throw clots, you're not going to find them. So you're going to find them through a milk recording. And then you need to target the quarter that you're treating as quickly as possible and try and cure it. Because as soon as you, like people say staph aureus is impossible to cure. That's not true. Staph aureus in early, in the first 30 days, is a 90% cure rate. So you can cure staph aureus if you find it early enough. But if you don't find it, the cure rates go down maybe to 30% after six months or eight months of having staph aureus. So it's all about using the minimum, the, the right antibiotic for the minimum amount of time to get your right, correct result. So really, so it's really about that, that, that early identification, um, early identification, I suppose, and, and, and treatment off the back of, of milk recording records. A couple of questions that have come in there, a couple of very good questions. As part of the consult, does the vet or does yourself, Willie, in terms of assess the housing situation, is there enough cubicles? Um, have you very low SCC at the moment, but is there massive risk, I suppose? The risk going into that dry, per- dry cow period from an infrastructure point of view, is that considered in your consult? It is, yeah. There's questions on the consult where you're asking how many cubicles per cow, how, do you, uh, how often do you clean your bedding and all that. But to be honest, you can actually judge a lot by, say, this, you know, the cell check uh, farm summary that you get with your milk recording, okay? So there's, there's kind of criteria in that which are very good to judge how you get on with your dry cow period. So there's a, there's a, there's a criteria in that, let's say, if you have 100 cows that are low at drying off, and then you'll see how many new cows, how many cows of that 100 which were lower drying off were high in the first milk recording after calving. Now, if there isn't many, that's a new infection rate over the dry cow period. So if you don't have many new infections over the dry cow period, okay, that shows what you did at drying off, putting up the sealer or putting up the antibiotic and what you do with a few days after the tree, she dries off and what you do with her hosing and what you do when she's calving down and what you do in the first 30 days or whenever to her first milk recording. If that new infection rate over the dry cow time is, is low and hits the target, that tells you that a lot of the things that you're doing already will, hit the, will, are, will be sufficient and will be plenty sufficient to, for you to use teeth sealer only. So there are, you need the records and you need the records. You need to milk a cord as soon as you can, uh, as close as you can to drying off and as close as you can to calving. Because let's say if a cow calves in the 1st of February and you don't milk a cord till the 1st of April, that's two months you have to judge whether if our cell count has risen over the dry cow period or over the first two, two months of calving. So like we be telling fellas, you have to milk a card. I know fellas not going to like me for this, but you're going to be milk a card in every four weeks for the first probably two or three milk recordings. And you should be milk a card in every four weeks for the last two because so, they, are the, they are the critical ones. So really the timing of those milk recordings early in the season, Willie, is what you're saying. For you to have, I suppose, to complete a full assessment of... How the dry period has worked? You need, yes. you need those early on milk recordings. So, like, if you and so if I go, I've done, I did I did six of these uh, tasks now in the last couple of weeks. And if I see a fella has a low infection rate over the dry cow period, I'm I, in one way. It's not that you don't need to look at his dry cow hosing or look at his drying off with protocols. If if he's not infecting cows uh, from the time that he, from the last milk recording of one lactation to the first milk recording of the other lactation. You can be fairly sure that you are, he is doing the right things for the drying off period. So that's that. So that's why 
the drying off is everything. The hygiene of drying off is your is your big danger time, and that's why people have to you know sterilize the teeth in the right order, tube in the right order, treat the coats correctly before you dry them off and after you dry them off. Um, in terms of, we have another question in here. I suppose it, it's my somatic cell count average was just over 220,000 last year. Milk recording, I'm, an, I'm in Herd Plus, but yet I don't qualify for the consult. Have I to wait until this time next year when Selective will be forced upon me to get advice on Selective Trico therapy? Well, I suppose yeah, you, you don't qualify for the free TASA. For, through that but look you, you're going to have to get advice uh, that's the thing you, you, you can get advice but you might have to talk to your vet about it but um, but even a fellow with 220 herd average just say he's 100 cows as I always say a fellow with 100 cows doesn't have 100 cows he's 400 quarters so he's making 400 quarters okay so if a fellow's 400 quarters and his cell count is 220 he probably still has only 20 high quarters in his herd so you have to view mastitis and you have to view milk production on a quarter level. So that's, he has 20 problem quarters out of 400 quarters in that herd maybe. That's not, that is, so that's why the milk recording, and going back, I tend to ramble on a bit now, Jen, but going back to milk recording, okay? Milk recording just gives you an average of four quarters. Milk recording, when you get a milk recording for a cow, that is an average, a picture of four things together. You have to decipher which quarter is causing the damage. Mastitis is a quarter problem, not a cow problem. So you always got to focus on the quarter. So if you milk a card, find a high cow, find a high quarter, and then actively treat it before it gets too hard to cure. Okay. In terms of, um, and you mentioned it there earlier, Willie, in terms of the actual selection of cows within a herd, um, maybe run through the process on, on how you select cows that are, are suitable and how you select cows that ultimately are unsuitable. Well, I can talk about no, James, okay? And I'll say no. I say to a fella, maybe uh, if you go through the process and no, and a cow hasn't had a high cell count all year, anything over maybe 50 for some fellas, anything over 100 for other fellas, we say today they're suitable for teeth sealer only, providing other things are correct on the farm. Like he's a low, he has a, a good target, or is his target achieved for fresh infection over dry cow period? Because you have to take the records that you get. You have to, it's not just pick all your cows under 100,000, no cow over 100,000. Yeah, you, could, you could have 50% of your herd like that, but you could have infected 25% of your herd over the dry cow period. So you have to look at all the records. Just now, like if fellas are just going to pick the cows that are low and put teeth sealer only, okay, that's good. But then there's a risk that he's infecting a lot of cows during the dry period. So you have to look at the records. So, but I'm saying, I'm going back again, James, next year, it'll be the other way around. I'll be saying I can prescribe. Like I've done six farmers, okay, so far with these. And I would say the most I can prescribe antibiotics is 25% of the cows on each is the maximum I can prescribe antibiotics to these lads. Of 25% of the cows, we'll get a prescription for dry cow antibiotic next winter. That's it. Because, because if they have a high cell count in the last two or three months, really? I can prescribe it. And otherwise, I yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm back to you there again. No, sorry, James. Yeah. yeah. So, in terms so of I just said, as I said, 20, sorry, yeah, really go ahead. So, as I said, 25% of the, of the cows are all I could prescribe antibiotics for and, and maximum on those cows, that, those herds that hit the criteria at the moment. Now, there will be other herds that have higher cell count. We'll probably have to prescribe 40% maybe, but I wouldn't say any more than 40% because 60% of your cows, go back to the quarters, 100, 400 quarters, you know, there might be, if you, if you have a cell count of 300,000, there might be 40 high quarters, you know, so it's, you, you know. 
Sorry, James. Yeah. In, in terms of clinical um, mastitis records, um, Willie, are, are, are those important at farm level? or uh... Critical, critical, lads, because um, you, you will pick up infection two ways, either with the clots coming out or, 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 or uh, high mitocardium. And just, I'll just go backwards. You always, it's easy to see the quarter that's bad when you have clots coming out of it. So you have to record. And also, when you, have a, when you take a milk quarter, you go and paddle those cows and identify the high quarter, and then you can target the quarter. But clinical records are crucial because, um, uh, and also recording your treatments are brilliant as well, because you can see, some fellas remember every cow they treated, some fellas don't. So you have to record them, and it's easy if you record them in ICVF. You have to record the clinical treatments. But saying that again, James, going backwards, if I had a cow to mastitis in March next year, okay, and you cure, and she clinical mastitis, and her cell count is good for the next four or five months. When you dry her off, then she won't be she you you won't really get antibiotics for her. So it's all about the records. If you can show she's in recently, she you can show that she's carrying an infection. No, it's very difficult to prescribe an antibiotic. It's 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 you're not allowed anymore. You know? We have a number of questions in there, Willie. Um... In terms of what's your opinion on diet of drying off and keeping them indoors? Well, okay, so the principle on drying off is abrupt dry off, okay? A dr abrupt dry off, you go through your hygienic, surgical is what we, is the phrase, your surgical drying off. It's sterile, you clean, clean. And then obviously you, you leave the cow stand after drying off and then you remove them from the sounds of the parlor or sounds of the bin going or sounds of anything, the radio that you turn on when you're milking. And you're better off removing them and putting them as far away as possible. Now, if you're going to house them, okay, you need to keep your cows standing for at least two or three hours after drying off. And they need to go back to a very clean, dry house and try and keep them as far away from the parlor as possible. So that when they hear the parlor, they're going to try and pump out milk again and blow out the sealer. So, and it has to be as clean lime. Like you have to go into a house and if you can't slap a cow in the back and the dust isn't rising off or with lime, the house isn't dry enough. Um, if the herd has a sensitive test, sensitivity test done and the bull tank has strep agalacta um, shown, will the whole herd be able to use antibiotics? Yeah, this is a kind of a debate that we're having at the moment, okay, in the, in the technical working group. The level of strep ag in the, in the country is tiny, okay? And um, a bull tank strep ag, will, you'd have to investigate more whether that's a reason to, do a blank, to be allowed blanket therapy, okay? But the one thing about strep ag is strep ag gives you a high cell count in cows. It's a very fast multiplier. So if you've strep ag in a tank, okay, you, and it's a problem, you should have a high cell count in herd. If you've strep ag in your tank and the cell count is low, that means whatever strep ag there is not having a big influence on it. So strep ag gives you high, very, very, very high bull tank cell counts. So a spure, a one strep ag in a bull tank in a cell count in a bull tank of 150 cell count is not. You have to the vet your own vet have to make a judgment. But if it was my client, I'd say we'll sample again or we'll look at our milk records to see if there's one cow shedding it out there or something like that. But it's not enough to say that you have, you'll get away with doing blanket antibiotic therapy. You have to look at the whole picture. There's a number of questions there, and they're probably somewhat linked, Willie, in terms of, um, firstly, what does Willie think about selecting quarters on the same cow for sealer only? Yeah, it's been done. I know, fellas, the, yeah. You're, um, you're getting to a level. Uh, Is there a level of risk with it, Willie, um, given... 
uh, how would I put it this way? So they are selecting, they're going to put T-sealer into some cows and just put antibiotics into other cows, into other quarters of that cow. Exactly, that's the question, yeah. So can you do that? I would say um, it's possible, but you would want to be very, very good at what you're doing and you'd want to see how would you select which quarter is high, okay? You're using paddles, you're using this. Paddles, unless you're very good at using paddles, one quarter could be 2 million and one quarter could be 500,000 and that mightn't show up on the paddle. So are you going to teeth seal the quarter that is 500 because the paddle isn't showing up? Unless, you're, unless you can definitively diagnose what that quarter is that you're putting the teeth sealer in only, you have a risk of leaving infection in there. So uh, what we would recommend, if a cow is a high uh, cell count across the board, we would, we would say give uh, antibiotics to them all. No, in a few years' time, that might not be kosher, but that's where we are now at the moment. Perfect. Fanola, you want to come in on that one? If I can just add to that, um, it's an interesting question because it's actually, I suppose, a topical area of research at the moment, which, and the reason it's, it's topical and the reason it's being researched is because there's still a lot kind of unknown about it. In principle, if we could do that effectively, it would be another way of reducing the amount of antibiotic that we use on farm. Absolutely, there's no question about that. But the, the research question at the moment is, can we be confident, as Willie said, can we be confident that we're selecting not just the correct cow, but the correct quarter? Because once we try and get down to that level of detail, while, it's, while it is aspirational and while it would be effective in terms of reducing our antibiotic use, um, our accuracy is, is, is definitely challenged. And when we try and even when we look at some of the research studies that are happening at the moment, they're, they're trying to select quarters, but in ways that really wouldn't be practical in a commercial sense. You know, they're academic opportunities, but they're not necessarily... Um, ways of diagnosing that could be done you know on, on a on a commercial or a practical basis in commercial herds so that's not to say that it's not it may not happen in the future but at the moment the challenge is appropriate um diagnosis because the risk the risk is um you know not so much the risk necessarily the dramatic risk to the cow but the problem is that we miss the opportunity to cure a chronic or a you know effect an infection that's there at the end of lactation um and it's a lost opportunity so, so, it's, so it's, 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 it's watch the space in a way. But, but I suppose um, for the majority of phenola, it's kind of um, wait for the research to come through. That, and it's, you know, it is maybe in the future. At the moment, I think we have enough of a, a challenge and a, and a practice change to manage in terms of just moving away from blanket dry care therapy at a cow level. If we could, you know, if we could embrace that and do that safely and effectively, that would be a great foundation. The next step may be at quarter level, but that's another conversation. Perfect. Couple of questions around sealers. Um, the first one is, I suppose, is, is it sufficient alone for, for a cow, maybe on a longer dry period? And the second one, um, you can answer the two of them, Willie, is am I better actually not using sealer at all on low cell count cows um, in terms of with the risk of, of, of introducing infection? Yeah, so the first question was, I'll go to the second question because I forgot the first question. Okay, so low cell count cows should be, you know, sealers are, I would say, we have a lot of fellas have been using sealers only on low cell count cows for a long time and they do it successfully. So I don't see any problem with just using teeth sealers only on, on cows that are dry for a long time or that, uh, because if they, we, we all have cows and actually one of the questions is, do cows ever, do you ever dry off cows with nothing, no antibiotic and no sealer? And we all have a few cows that dry off themselves and they seal up themselves. That's fine. A few cows will seal. And as I said, they keratin plug themselves. 
but the type of cows that we have now um, that have been designed to milk and milk fast. Like they, they, I think they've shown studies that the milk flow through the teat end has gone up by four times. The flow rate has gone up by four times in, or since the 70s. So in the old days, cows had narrow little teat ends. No, they're designed to milk fast and milk more. So the teat ends are open, more open than they used to be. So I don't think you could survive without teat sealers. I would, there'd be a, it'd be a brave vet would recommend you not to use teat sealers. Okay, there's a risk with putting infection in, but fellas have been consistently putting sealers in without putting infection in. So if you do the sealers right, that's not a risk. Okay. It's a controllable risk. And what was the first question, James? Is the teat sealer alone sufficient for a cow which is going to maybe have a longer dry period? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yes. Definitely. Okay. Um, a few other questions. Um, do the cows have... Do the cows have high cell count need... A, do the cows... Would, would a high cell count need a longer dry period rather than antibiotic? Or, could, yeah, or, or should they get both, both Willie? You can do both. And that's, and that's one of the things we go through the records and we say, look, that cow has been high for a while. Uh, a longer dry cow period gives a bigger opportunity, a longer contact time for the antibiotic and a longer time, they call it self-cure. Now, self-cure is kind of like a, people, some people say it happens, some people doesn't. But... I would always recommend people, if you have a valuable cow, a young lactation, first, second, or third lactation cow with a high cell count, give her an extra month to dry uh, off. What milk you'll get off her in that month that you're drying her off early, she'll pay back in all her life. If you treat her, ha- treat her give her the best tube that you can give her and um, give her the longer dry. That's, that, that's been done historically forever with cows. Dry them off early. That's been done and proven to work. Um, for how long prior to using sealer only should you be reducing meal and diet quality to ensure cows are reducing milk production? Well, it, it depends on their milk production level, I suppose. So the high yielders, like, so, like abrupt, abrupt drying off is the recommendation. The hardest one is the high yielders. So people say you can drop the ration for, the, for three, four, five days before. If you don't drop water, you can drop a bit of nutrition, but obviously worry about the cow welfare but you're trying to get them down to less than 10 litres if you can. Now, we have fellas ringing me saying, how do I dry off a cow milking 20 litres? Like, it's very hard, it's challenging, but um, you, have to, you have to cut back their nutrition to a safe level, and then you have to be absolutely, uh, tube them, park, them, park the sealer down the bottom, and leave the cow stand. Don't leave them run out the field and spray all the sealer all over the place. Have the cow very settled, and leave her settled and keep her away from the parallel and all stimulation and milking. It's a challenge. There's no doubt about that. The high yielders. Okay. Um, that's actually um, a question in from Joe. What should one do the, what should one do with, I suppose, a cow that leaks milk after drying? Yeah. The, the, yeah. It's hard to judge. I would say it's like, it's like everything, not everything suits hundred percent of your cows or hundred percent of your quarters in a herd. So, We'll, there'll always be a couple of cows that leak okay they might be more prone to being high cell count cows you can't do anything about that their teeth end as I said might be more open than the average cow so there's not much you can do about it just keep them as clean as possible like there are new products out there now uh, that put a film on top of the teeth and try and seal it from the outside but if the milk is coming out that's not going to do anything so it's just management around drying off and some of those cows are going to self-cull themselves out by getting infected over the dry cow period if they keep their teeth ends open and they won't hold the sealer. Finola, yeah. If I could just add to that, um, and again, this has been a recent discussion within the, the South Czech Technical Working Group, 
I suppose a couple of points to add as well, that if you find that there are many cows that are still leaking milk after drying off, then it's worth just reevaluating those production levels. It may be that they're, you know, that they're producing too high at the point of drying off. So you might be able to do anything about those individual cows at this stage, but consider it for the ones that haven't been dried off yet. Perhaps you just need to rethink the nutrition equally. It may be because the teat sealer has not been applied correctly and that it, the, you know, the base of the, the teat where it joins the base of the udder isn't being pinched sufficiently to ensure that the sealer actually stays in the bottom of the teat. So again, and what we would say is you're best to leave well enough alone for those cows. Don't retube them, don't bring them back in, don't do any further handling, just keep them clean. Um, because while, you know, while those teat ends may be open in some way, if milk is coming out, bacteria could get in. Um, but don't, you know, don't retube them or bring them in, but just reconsider if, you know, if there are many in that situation, maybe you just need to rethink how you deal with the rest of the herd that haven't been dried off yet. There might be a couple of things to tweak there. Okay. Um, a couple of final questions. And, and um, how successful is selective dry cow therapy with topless cubicles where you don't use lime, Willie? Um, your records will tell you how successful it's going to be, okay? Because it's different situations for different people. So how successful is it? Um, Okay, so if cows have, have routine, okay, going back to the principles of all these things, if you've heard that there's a low cell count that, if you, that, that your cows are on topless cubicles for, for the last, since they've come into the herd and they keep maintaining themselves as low cell count herds, or uh, so low cell count cows, the topless cubicles are quite suitable to it, okay? Because if they're not acquiring the infection, it's all about comparing the last couple of cell counts of the previous lactation to the first couple of cell counts of the next ones. If it's a problem, it's a problem. If it's not, it's not. So the results will tell you. So the records, okay? the records really the records will show you whether it's suitable in your farm or not. The challenge, again, sorry, if I could just add to that, the challenge with something like topless cubicles is the fact that there's so little specific research, you know, even in the area of mastitis. And we have to rely on what we call experiential learning, which is, learning while we're while we're at it or while we're in it so the only way we can do that is 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 work with it as best we can but make sure that we're actually using those those records to evaluate yes it's retrospective but at least we get an understanding then of how successful was that dry period because it is all about the management of it at the end of the day what you know what level of bacteria are those teeth being exposed to okay um, I'll take two more questions because I know we're run over time and I want to talk to you for a second, Fanola, in terms of uh, the, the consultations. Um, could Willie recap on the point he made about seven milk recordings per year? Um, just the yeah. point on that in terms of the advice around those um, recordings. Um, you did say that seven is, is, is probably where the number needs to be, Willie. So I, I have a, I have a, can you see that? No, you can't. I have, yeah. I have a milk recording here from a fella that, that uh, his calving dates are from the 8th of February, 3rd of February, okay, on this. So he recorded on the 9th of March, the 13th of April, the 25th of May. He skipped June. He did July. He did August. Uh, I probably would have maybe did pushed it on. That's a six week. He did a six week. He did a six week from May, so he did March, 9th of March, 13th of April, 25th of May. He did a six week to July, then he did an eight week to August. He is doing, he did a four week to September, and he's doing another one next week. Okay, so that's it. You, you stack and pack them at the end. You do a couple four week ones at the start, four weeks after you start calving. Now, this, this is if you have a tight calving period, like you, you need to record them as 
close as you can, obviously, in the first seven days after calving because the cell count is high. And you need, to get, you need to have a milk recording as close as possible. So he did 9th of March, 13th of April, 25th of May, July, uh, middle of July, late August, uh, late September and late October. And he'll be drying off um, till November. You know, or sorry, you know, the middle to the last end of November. So that's your seven. So you, you spread out the six weeks, six weeks in the middle. And if you can do the four, a couple, two or three, four weeks at the start, and four weeks at the end. Gaps. Okay. I am conscious of time. So in terms of Fanola, maybe what, what, what exactly we've heard Willie talk about in terms of the consultation process and, and the steps he'd take throughout that. But I suppose what exactly is available to farmers there at the moment through the TASA program? Okay, thanks, James. Yep, so as Willie mentioned and what he was describing there was what we call the TASA dry cow consult. And this really is an opportunity for the farmer and the vet to sit down together. The vet's time is covered or is paid through the TASA funding, so that means it's a free consult. And it's an opportunity to go through all of those steps that Willie talked about, looking at the records, looking at the drying off process, how the dry cows are managed, and to put a plan in place to date, the approach has been, let's start by identifying the cows that we could dry off with teeth seal only. And in some cases, just put a toe in the water and start to build confidence and get experience. We're still, this is still, I suppose, in a way, we have the privilege of using that approach, this dry off. This time next year, as Willie has already you know, clearly explained, the approach will have to flip the other side. It won't be about select, you know, having the luxury of selecting some cows that could, could be dried off with teeth seal only. Instead, the practitioner can only prescribe antibiotic for those that have evidence that they need it. So I would encourage people to apply for a TASA dry cow consult. Applications are open until the end of November. The application form is available on the Animal Health Ireland website. It's a very simple application form. Um, you can fill it in online if you want. You could also ring the AHI office and, or, or fill in a paper version, but the online one is, is the easiest and quickest. What happens then, we, that there's a, an eligibility assessment. Willie already mentioned the eligibility criteria. The reason for those criteria, which have been in place since the consults first started in 2018, the reason for those criteria is that essentially to select herds that, you know, as best as possible, are well ready to, to start selective dry care therapy. In other words, there's evidence of good mastitis control and there's the necessary information for the vet and the farmer to analyse, in other words, the milk recording data. Some farmers won't be eligible, but will still be keen to, to learn more or to try and improve. And what we've always said as well, you know, since the consults first started, if you apply and it transpires you're not eligible, have that conversation anyway with your vet to try and look at what are the reasons why you haven't met the eligibility criteria. Because they are areas to, to, I suppose, to explore and to put a plan in place and address so that in a year's time, the situation will be better and the risk of, of applying selective dry care therapy in that herd will be much lower. So I would encourage people, even going back to that earlier question, do I have to wait you know, until I'm forced to do selective get advice? Absolutely not. Your vet, your farm advisor, your corp advisor, there are plenty of people there to give you advice. And I would encourage you to seek that advice, both specifically for the dry period, for this dry period, but also to improve mastitis control over the lactation. If there's a reason why you haven't met the eligibility criteria, it's probably because there are underlying issues or areas of the management that need to be tweaked in order to get mastitis better under control so that the risks are, are reduced. There are also lots of resources on the AHI website. We're just coming to the end of the CellCheck virtual week which has been a collaborative initiative with all of the, the industry stakeholders and partners. And each day there's been um, a topic or a message of the day, which has been communicated through, through videos, information articles, podcasts, um, testimonials, various things each day. And all of those resources are available on the AHI website. Um, 
posted on the CellCheck Virtual Week page. So there are some of the more recent and the new resources. There's a self-assessment tool for winter housing. So you can actually see how, you know, you can assess yourself. It's not, you know, you don't have to feed it back or report it to anybody, but it gives you a, 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 an accurate and an objective measure of how clean is your housing, how good is the management, are there things that we could, we could improve on. And Willie touched on the importance of that, Fanola. Sorry. Sorry. And Willie touched on the importance of that, I suppose, an assessment of farm infrastructure. Absolutely. And it's critical. And I know there are, you know, for some, there are bigger challenges in terms of, of capacity of the infrastructure, which is another, another challenge for many people. But also the reality is the capacity that we have, we need to manage it well. And in some cases, we need to manage it better. And hygiene is everything. At the end of the day, mastitis, whether it's dry period or whether it's lactation, is because bugs, bacteria get into the teeth end. So if we can keep those bacteria to a minimum, then we're, we're winning. So I would encourage everybody to, two things, go to the AHI website, have a look at the resources, watch them, read them, have a talk about them, you know, discuss them with, with your discussion group or with your, with your vet or anybody else, and apply for the dry cow consult before the 31st of November. Obviously, apply in time so that the assessment can be done. Also, sorry, just to mention that um, there are over 320 vets trained at this stage to do those consults. So for most people, your local vet should be trained and can be the person that you nominate to do that consult. So it's somebody that you work with that you already have a relationship with. Excellent. And I suppose to come to yourself, Willie, have you two or three, I suppose, take home messages or important messages for the, for the listeners before we sign off? What, what, what I look at this is, is where we're going to be in three or four or five years time. Okay. So I look at the people that started this process three or four or five years ago. So I went out to a fella last week. He, um, he won't get antibiotic. He, he only, actually, I shouldn't say that. I should say, he ne only needs antibiotics for 10% of his cows are drying off. And he said to me, at this stage, Willie, you know, can I cut down? He's actually getting a much better response from the tubes that he's using uh, when he's, because the, 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 the antibiotics in the cows haven't seen all this wide range of antibiotics before. He has some cows that have never seen an antibiotic in their life. And when he treats them with an antibiotic, it's very easy to cure anything that they have. So this is what we're looking for in three or four or five years time. Because of, of if, we, if cows come across, and it's to do with the biome, and there's, a bio, like there's bacteria in the other, there's bacteria in the gut, and it's bacteria. Like you have to have, the cow has to have a strong immune system. But if you get to a place, it's going to be a hard place to get to, lads, and there's no other way. It's going to be hard to get there. But in three or four years time, the antibiotics that you use will be way more effective than they are now because you haven't fired antibiotics at cows that don't have infection. So I would say it's hard to you be looking at the here and now in the next couple of years. I look in three or four and five years time and your whole heart health and your profitability will be much better because of this. But it's a, it, is, it is a challenge to get there. There's, there's one key question which comes up a lot, Willie, and you, and you would have answered on numerous occasions. We might take it before we leave. Um, your view on teeth seal and heifers. Uh, Finola did a lovely, uh, what, what was the terminology used? If it works for you, and you haven't had any problem in the past. I, okay, if a fella has a lot of mastitis in their heifers, the first thing you're trying to do is correct the problems that are causing that, okay? Teeth sealer might be an interim measure that you need to use to, to prevent that, okay? But if you have issues that you can't deal with, and fellas can put teeth sealers into heifers, and they can do it, and it works. If something works, I'm happy with it, okay? No, whether it's the right thing to do or not, I'm a results. I don't care how I get to... As I said, a fella said to me, in the old days when you went to match in Torless, Every fella went so far and then they went 10 different ways to try and get as close to the pitch as possible. But you all got to the pitch. I don't care how you get once you get to the match in time. Okay? okay. So that's... No, yeah. If I, if I can just add to that, because I'll have to bring in the, the, the 
the, the diplomatic additional response yes. as well. The challenge, the practical challenge that we have, unfortunately, is that using teat seal and heifers in Ireland is unlicensed use of the product. It's not yes. because the product's not safe. It's not because there's any, any um, you know, product danger or anything like that. It's purely a labeling, um, you know, or a, a licensing issue. In other countries where a lot of research has been done and has shown that it's very effective, they have a different label claim and that label also includes heifers. So we have to be very clear that it is off-label use of the product, which we need to be very careful about. Um, a couple of points to make though, if it's been done, like two things that are crucial are heifer and operator safety. So do not underestimate the, you know, the risk and the dangers that are involved. And that's what I say, the practical dangers rather than the product dangers. Um, but also bear in mind that there are alternative strategies. So as Willie says, you know, it, yes, it has been proven to be effective, but there are also other strategies, for example, teat spraying the, the, the teats of heifers a couple of times a week in the last three to four weeks has been, the, the, the science tells us that the results are as, or the outcomes are as good. So something to consider. And what I would also do is direct people again towards the Animal Health Ireland website. There is a new management note. It's, it's management note N, I think, for, for Nora. I think we're on N at this stage. And it's mastitis management in heifers. So it's specifically dealing with this, with this question. So there's a lot more information there. And it also talks through the various options um, that, you know, that there's some research behind in terms of control. Because, again, you know, they're, they're, they're such an, an important part of the herd and the future of the herd. It's important that we manage them really well and protect them against getting infected. Thank you, Fanola. And, and look, at, I think we've, we've, we've well run over our half hour slot, but with lots of good questions coming in there, um, I'd like to thank both Fanola and Willie. I think they've been excellent panellists. Thank the viewers in terms of their questions. And I suppose the real take home messages um, from Fanola and Willie is ultimately, Willie, uh, lots of milk recordings, good record keeping. The record keeping should really dictate the decision making, the importance of farm infrastructure and having it correct, the correct dragging off procedure. And as you said, Fanola, get your tacit consultation. If you don't qualify for your tacit consultation, have a consultation with your local vet in terms of putting the correct steps in place that you are improving into the future. Other than that, I'd like to thank the viewers for tuning in and we'll welcome Stuart back next week. That's all for this week's Let's Talk Dairy webinar series. And don't forget to look out for more bonus episodes each week. I'll be back with our usual Dairy Edge interview on Monday, so do listen in then. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey, and thanks for listening. <laughs>